0: John told Roger, he said, you need to come and visit the most innovative trucking company in the United States. He didn't say that, did he? He, did, he actually did t- <laughs> say that. He was at a dealer meeting with, with uh, Roger, and uh, Roger uh, said, okay, I'll come.
1: Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange.
2: To episode number five of Terminal Exchange, glad to have you here this week, uh, listening along with us. Uh, in a moment, we'll be talking with Brent Newsbomb as we follow up our exchange from last week with the CEO of Daimler Trucks North America. Uh, but first, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a new program that uh, we're introducing here at Newsbomb. Uh, we are introducing Road Captains. Uh, this is a mentor-type uh, program. That involves many of our drivers. Uh, actually, involves all of our drivers, one way or another. But uh, we have a select group of uh, road captains that uh, you'll be in contact with on a fairly regular basis. They'll be an extension of our driver managers. But uh, I have uh, invited uh, Doug Bradle, our VP of Operations, and Nathan Wertz, one of our driver managers here, uh, to discuss a bit more about this program and uh, kind of give you all the details about it. So Doug, if you would, uh, kind of uh, intro us on uh, what uh, the purpose of this program is to have road captains in place and and why we chose to go this way.
3: So we currently have a, a new hire onboarding process uh, but felt there, there needed to be some improvement uh, to it. Um, we also wanted to create a more formal way for drivers to be a mentor uh, to other drivers. Um, so the road captains uh, program is designed to encourage uh, peer-to-peer interactions and, and capitalize on the experiences of those that have been in the industry uh, and those that have been with the company for a while. Uh, many times co-drivers can help a driver work through a situation in a much more effective manner than someone who's, who's not made that experience in person. Um, so some of the focus points uh, that we looked at in establishing the road captain position are. Uh, you know, utilizing the experience of, of highly qualified drivers, um, promoting uh, new hire mentoring, uh, encouraging coaching and uh, supporting of the current fleet. Uh, we don't want to leave out the drivers that are, that are existing and, and on the road and would like to, to get additional uh, instruction. And it also supports uh, the Nussbaum vision of, of what a professional driver should look like and how they should perform.
2: Great. Nathan, maybe you could... Um outline what some of the qualifications are for these road captains. Uh, What's that look like?
4: Sure, yeah the selection process for road captains is driven by a number of different areas. Seniority is important as these drivers become familiar with NewsBomb customers and processes and be here the ones that have been here long enough to prove themselves. So all road captains have seniority at NewsBomb for one year or more. At the current time the position is only available to irregular route or system drivers who maintain scores of 675 or higher and they must be enrolled in the Certified RED program. Road captains are drivers that are interested in their own professional and personal development and they're also interested in working with others and being that mentor. Additionally, the road captains are screened by their managers for overall qualities that show they can work well with others. They must be in good rapport with the shop, with safety and with operations overall must exhibit character integrity and trustworthiness be trustworthy and they will also have to have a positive attitude and outlook at all times so all of these qualities define what our road captains are and and how they can help give confidence to the drivers that are coming in and be in good position to provide mentoring and support uh, across the
3: across the fleet that sounds
2: great we're using kind of the top tier of our drivers there to uh, really be ambassadors so so doug as we're looking at new hires coming in to NewsBomb as we continue to grow and we got new drivers coming in, uh, how does the road captain uh, role work with new hires and, and mentoring new hires as they uh, get onboarded here?
3: So, new hire mentoring is is uh, one of the primary focal areas for a road captain. and They'll, they'll be trained uh, to assist new hires with their onboard computers uh, in areas like logging and messaging. Uh, they're also trained... <coughs> to assist with uh, operations procedures, uh, customer site procedures and uh, there's other common questions that arise such as who to call in a certain situation, how do you contact after hours, uh, where do you check in at a, a certain customer that road captains will be well equipped to help with. Um, road captains will also be able to help new hires orientate with their truck, uh, how to best take advantage of the features on their truck, uh, how do you operate your smart. Um, or, or you know other questions that commonly come up uh, or how do you work with a shop? How do you schedule uh, things with the shop? What are the shop procedures for checking in and, and those sorts of questions. Uh, for the first six months of their career at Nussbaum, uh, road captains will be regularly communicating with new hires. Uh, the first two months there'll be a weekly phone call uh, with the road captain um, which lessens to one call every two weeks for the third month And then uh, it goes to a monthly phone call for months four, five, and six. And then, uh, you know, additional contact outside of, you know, the regular communication is certainly encouraged uh, as road captains become a a trusted resource for for these different situations. And Doug, real quick,
2: uh, with that, you know, after that six month period, you know, drivers aren't all of a sudden just disconnected from that road captain they still have access to the road captain and and can utilize them correct
3: yes the road captains are assigned to a driver manager fleet so as long as you're in that fleet you know for that driver manager uh, road captains is is a resource you can certainly be using excellent so you know
2: we're not using road captains just exclusively for new hires and, and that onboarding process and getting them up to speed, um, but we also want to make road captains available to all of our existing drivers. Uh, they're kind of a little bit of an extension arm to our driver managers. Uh, there's some situations where um, you might call the road captain instead of your driver manager. Nate, can you just kind of uh, walk us through what that coaching and support role looks like for the road captain?
4: Sure. Yeah, we definitely don't want the road captain to replace the driver manager at all. They'll actually just be a supplement to them and and work in concert with them. There will always be a need to communicate with the driver manager when the issues arise with the loads, or if you need time off, or if you have questions relating to the departments within the office. But the road captains can add to the conversations relating to the scorecard by giving real-life, anecdotal information that the driver manager may not have access to some of these areas could be fuel purchasing out of route miles smart drive driving habits uh, trip planning and, and of course there's many others uh, the road captains are also going to be available to uh, fellow drivers in the same capacity as they are as new hires to assist with questions regarding customary locations or working with the shop certain functions on the truck They're encouraged to reach out to other drivers across that driver manager's fleet to build relationships so they can be a trusted resource for fellow drivers to use. Um, They can be there times of frustration where something has been miscommunicated or possibly done incorrectly and having a trusted peer to confide in them and possibly go to bat for them uh, can be invaluable.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so
4: they're, they're there just to support the driver manager and be a, a second resource for them. Perfect.
2: So, I mean, it sounds like, you know, definitely these uh, road captains should be pretty knowledgeable uh, in, you know, the day-to-day activities uh, that our drivers are involved with. Um, but more than just, you know, having a bunch of good answers and whatnot, Doug, I think our road captains definitely exemplify what it means to be a newsbomb driver. Can you kind of wrap this up and kind of explain what we really expect out of these uh road
3: captains and what they really look like yeah that's certainly correct uh, philip Uh, the road captains are not just somebody who's who's got a good score um uh, these these are guys that exemplify uh, the vision that nussbaum has of a a professional driver Uh, drivers that maintain a professional appearance and image and conduct themselves in a positive and professional way. Um, th- these are people that recognize the importance of being an ambassador uh, to our customers. Um, yeah, as they interact with them, delivering loads, picking loads up, and also to fellow drivers on the road. And when conducting themselves with fellow drivers, they will not talk down, demean, yell, treat poorly, uh, You know those that they're interacting with. These are drivers that you can expect to coach you in a way that encourages growth and human dignity. Um, the road captains are some of the best drivers in the Nussbaum fleet. Uh, the goal with this position is to really take some of those best drivers and make them available uh, to others in a way that can help encourage uh, personal and professional growth, both for those who are new and also for those that are, uh, have been here a while and are looking for ways to improve themselves. Excellent. Uh, one quick follow-up question to
2: to kind of maybe ease any other concerns that there may be. This this is not a position that is uh, dealing with um, disciplinary action or anything like that. Uh, is that correct in saying that that you know the coach is really there to be your kind of confident someone that you can vent to if you need to, uh, instead of your driver manager, Uh, you know, there's not going to be any sort of those types of repercussions or anything in in talking with your
3: uh, road captain. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, They are not meant to be a supervisor. They're not taking any supervisory role. They're there to help and to provide assistance in times, uh, you know, where their experience uh, is different than what someone here in the office may have, Mm -hmm. and they can provide additional uh, input and support. Um, they will not be a supervisory role and not be involved in disciplinary action. When's this rolling out? Uh, so orientation for this position is going to be uh, through the month of January. So starting starting with drivers that uh, hire on here in the month of January, 2019, um, they'll be uh, working with road captains. Excellent. Well, Doug, Nate, thanks so much for uh, taking time here to explain
2: this. And... Um, Pretty excited about this. I think this is a really neat uh, program that we've got in place here. I know there's been talks about doing some sort of mentorship program uh, for quite a while, so it's really nice to see this go into action. So really hope our drivers appreciate this and uh, look forward to see the benefits of it. So last week we had a unique opportunity to sit down with Roger Nielsen, the CEO of Daimler Trucks North America, John Hopkins, CEO of Truck Centers, our Freightliner dealer, and then also Brent Newsbomb, CEO here at Newsbomb, And uh, it was a really fun conversation, had some really good, insightful, uh, encouraging words to say there. But uh, I've asked Brent to come back and follow up that conversation as there are some uh, details in there that allude to some of the things that are going to be happening here at Newsbomb, And uh, also... Uh, Brent had the opportunity to go with Daimler to the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas this last week, and so I've asked him to also share a little bit about that experience uh, and some of the things that he brought back from that show. So without any further ado, let's uh, get into our feature exchange here with Brent Newsom. Brent, welcome back. Uh, glad to have you Back from your trip here and uh, follow up uh, our conversation with Roger and John and uh, find out a little bit about what you learned
0: this last week at CES. Yeah. Well, thanks, Philip. It's good to be back. It's been a fun week. Um, I was out at the uh, Consumer Electronics Conference in Las Vegas, uh, invited out by uh, Freightliner or Daimler, uh, who was introducing a new level of some new levels of technology And uh, we had a chance to talk with them to do uh, kind of an experience, uh, a ride and drive, um, and uh, learn a little bit more about their products. And I'm kind of eager to share that with you today. So uh, where would you like to start?
2: Well, you know, I think uh, everybody's kind of probably itching to know what the big announcements were. I know we've probably seen a lot of stuff in the media already, but kind of give us a little bit of a summary of of some of the items that Daimler talked about there.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, I'd like to maybe start off with, um, uh, you know, we we talk about automation in trucks, and I'm sure that each of you are going to wonder, well, what does that mean for me, for my job? Uh, And um, uh, Daimler has introduced another level of automated driving, and that uh, has to do with steering, braking, and accelerating. One of the things that they uh, they talked to us about a little bit was the adaptive cruise control to be going down the road. And let's say that there's a, a vehicle ahead of you that you're following and you're both going the same speed and that vehicle starts slowing down. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, that, will take, that system will take you, if you didn't touch the system and left your adaptive cruise control on, that would take you all the way down to zero. You would literally be stopped. And if that vehicle starts back up within two seconds it will start back up and it will start uh, accelerating uh, back to the preset uh, speed that you initially were set at. So, so pretty cool stuff. So what is the? Can you tell us what the, the current adaptive uh, cruise will work down to then? Yeah, I believe right now it works down to about 35 mile an hour and then shuts off. And now this new level uh, that comes in now will take you all the way to zero. Um, I, I think you gave me an analogy earlier.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of picture this as as something that you know, a driver I don't want to call him a lazy driver, but, but you know, could could keep in 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 play when the, it's stop and go traffic out on the freeway, uh, dealing in heavy traffic, but everybody's just kind of scooting along, and you could keep that on and. You don't have to worry about hitting the car in front of you, slamming on brakes, or or anything like that?
0: Yeah, in theory, I think that that would work. I'm not sure that that's what Daimler originally intended (laughs) it for it to be. But I think, uh, in theory, that could work uh, in stop-and-go traffic. I think it could start on its own and stop on its own. Um, You still need to be alert uh, to the traffic Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, yeah, the... um, one of the uh, other things that it, that this level two automation can do is um, literally it can uh, steer or it's got what they call uh, lane keep. And so as a driver is driving down the road, and I think many of you who have been out west and experienced driving in heavy winds will appreciate this, and you're driving in uh, uh, a lot of side or cross winds, uh, it just gets to be fatiguing, uh, doing that all day. Well, it's got a, a mechanism on it that will literally, as long as that the lane that you're driving in is clear, and it will keep that truck straight, uh, centered straight in that lane. Uh, it'll make turns. It'll do about anything you wanted to do as long as you're out on that highway and you're running along. Um, and it's even got what's called a left-right bias. So, in the event that uh, the driver wants to drive closer to the White left line or to the right line. It's got a left bias and a right bias, and that might be. I mean,
2: so I mean, like for something like that, you'd maybe be trying to avoid the the ruts that are in the road, or you know, the cupping and everything that that kind of happens. If you want to kind of avoid some of that extra shake and and whatnot in that lane, that would be where yep. that bias would come in.
0: Correct. Yeah. It's and that's exactly why they designed it that way. They said you know sometimes you're going to end up on roads that are cupped and uh, And the driver's not going to want to uh, drive in those. You're going to want to maybe drive to the left or the right. Uh, it will allow that, but it will also allow you to shut it off should you get into a construction area mm-hmm. and you need to have uh, you need to be more attentive to um, to where you're driving you know during that period of time. Um, one of the other things that it'll do is uh, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden something happens and you, your vehicle uh, moves left or moves right uh, onto a rumble strip. It's going to give you automatically a, a, um, a visual warning, and then it's going to give you a, a, a rumble strip warning. And if the driver doesn't, uh, doesn't move back into the lane right away, it will literally move that truck from the rumble strip by itself, back into that lane and center that truck on the road. Now, if you've got your hands on the steering wheel, it's not going to tell you where to drive. It's just going to take away the fatigue and keep you in that lane. But at the same time, it's it's it allows the driver some flexibility, um, but it wants to make sure that, that that truck is kept in that lane and not, not, not across the lane.
2: Right. So and I'm kind of you know, envisioning here, you know, going through those construction zones where they route you and you have no choice to be on the, but to be on the rumble strips, you just need to simply deactivate that system. You you have control to turn that off and on. Right.
0: right. Yep. They have, they'll they have a switch where it can be deactivated and and uh, won't even be left on. So it's, it's really got to be left up to the driver, whether the driver wants mm-hmm. to use that system or not. But again, I think uh, for those who have driven out west uh been on the interstate and in crosswinds all day long and and trying to fight trying to keep the truck on the road it's going to be a real um it's going to take away a lot of the energy that you have to use uh, to keep it there all day long so it's going to make life much easier
2: sounds neat it'll be iner- interesting to kind of see how that works out and, in practice and get some feedback from from drivers on that
0: yeah it's also got a braking component to it um We had a lot of fun with this one. As we were out on the course, uh, there was a stationary object ahead of us. We got the truck going to uh, uh, somewhere between 35 and 40 mile an hour. Uh, The driver was accelerating. We didn't have cruise control on and came up on that stationary object. And uh, the truck uh, was fully loaded, uh, 80,000 pounds. And as it got closer to that object, it just absolutely shut that thing down at the last minute about three or four foot before it hit that stationary Mm -hmm. object. Uh, Using a combination of radar and a front camera system in that thing, it can recognize and detect uh, stationary objects ahead of the driver. And um, uh, they said beyond about 38, 40 mile an hour, um, it wouldn't be able to completely shut down that truck. But the idea is is it's a collision mitigation system. 10 miles an hour is still better than... Thirty or forty miles an hour, right? So, so it's, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a real neat thing to watch. Uh, when we, and we did it several times. We got to ride along, and and when you're approaching an object at forty mile an hour, and it looks like you're going to crash into it, uh, it's a real <laughs> eye opener, I can tell you. As uh, my son Brendan said, who was sitting up in the the passenger seat, he said it gives you a whole different perspective when you're in the driver's seat. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, it was really unique. Um, I'd like to move in just a moment into what they call Detroit Assurance, yeah. which is what you have on your truck now. Detroit Assurance is is some of the safety systems that are built into your truck today. Uh, there's a whole other level coming out, and uh, one of those have to do with detecting blind spots uh, on the right side of the truck. So... Uh, There is a, it's probably about an eight inch square uh, radar system that's built into uh, the side of the truck on the right side. It's almost flush with the truck. That system is shooting forward and shooting behind all the way to your trailer. Um, When that system detects an object over on the right, it gives an audible and it gives a visual warning. It does not take the the driver of the truck and move it back over into the lane. But uh, the driver has full ability to make their own decisions. It's only an assistance system in order to help the driver to, be, uh, to make more safe decisions mm-hmm. uh, as they're traveling. Excellent. So, yeah, the, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I got a, a message this morning from uh, Roger Nielsen, the CEO of, uh, of Daimler, who said that uh, Daimler won a uh, Best of Show award for its technology on the new Cascadia, Funny. and um, uh, he was thrilled to death. Uh, so uh, Daimler continues to lead the trucking industry. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you know, but Daimler actually has a little over 40% of uh, of the market. Uh, nobody, No other truck manufacturer has anywhere close to that. Uh, the majority of I shouldn't say the majority of them, but the rest of them, there's no one that has any more than uh, about fifteen to sixteen percent mm-hmm. of the truck market. So that means uh, they are doing a lot of things right. Um, the uh, the market recognizes that and uh, continues to uh, purchase uh, Daimler trucks. Yeah, so uh, just
2: last week on our uh, podcast episode, we, uh, got to uh, hear from Roger Nielsen and John Hopkins as well from, from truck centers. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, kind of what that means to you as uh, you know the CEO of this company at Nussbaum to have the CEO of Daimler Trucks North America to take time out and come visit us here to see what we've got going on and what we're doing here?
0: Sure. Yeah, that that was a huge deal for us. Um, a number of years ago when we started partnering with Truck Centers, who is our truck dealer, um, they worked very, very hard to align us with the Daimler organization, not just from the dealer uh, end of things, but all the way through. And uh, flew us out to Portland to their headquarters. We met uh, Martin Dom, who was, Mm -hmm. at that time, he was the CEO of Daimler uh, North America. He is now the CEO of Daimler Truck Worldwide. Yeah. And um, they have continued to invite us to events. For those of you that haven't been with us that long, we were invited back in 2015 uh, out to Las Vegas. We were one of three carriers. Uh, There was... uh, uh, night uh, or actually pardon me, at that time it was just Swift mm-hmm. and then there was uh, Conway uh, Conway truckload and there was Bomb and uh, they unveiled the uh, the first level of automation which was a truck driving down the road at highway speed without the without the driver having any um, his hands on the wheel or his uh, his feet on any of the controls so the neat thing about it was, we would have never got invited out to, uh, to that event if, uh, if it hadn't been for uh, the relationship that we built with them. So that was uh, that was with Martin, Dom, and Roger Nielsen has taken his place, and Roger agreed three weeks ago to come in and uh, at a luncheon we put together, and uh, at John Hopkins' request, actually, John the. CEO of Truck Centers. John told Roger, he said, You need to come and visit the most innovative trucking company in the United States. He didn't say that, did he? He, did, he actually did t- <laughs> say that. He was at a dealer meeting with, with uh, Roger, and uh, Roger uh, said, Okay, I'll come. And uh, we had a whole bunch of Daimler people here at that luncheon that day, and mm-hmm. somebody asked one of the people, They said, Does Roger ever do this? Uh, with other trucking companies, and he said, rarely. So (laughs) we felt very privileged to be a part of that. Um, This week while we were out there, Martin was in town, uh, Roger was there as well. We had dinner with him on Tuesday night, and at that dinner were the CEOs of uh, U.S. Express and of Prime and uh, people from Covenant and people from Knight Swift. And uh, the level of respect from these larger companies for what Nussbaum, and when I say Nussbaum, I'm I'm starting beginning with our drivers, has accomplished, uh, is just incredible. Every one of them, um, I know Max Fuller, the CEO of U.S. Express, commented, mm-hmm. he goes, man, he said, you guys are out in front, you test everything, and he said, the neat thing about you guys is you share information with all the other trucking companies, right. and he said that's just really kind of unheard of in this industry. You know, and then there was Dave Williams from Knight Swift and he was talking about us getting our fleet getting nine miles a gallon and you know, when you're <laughs> sitting at the across the table from somebody who's got uh I think uh, collectively between Knight and Swift they got somewhere around thirty thousand sure. yeah. trucks. Yeah. Uh it's a it's a compliment when you hear them commenting about a small guy like us with four hundred trucks. So uh, yeah. and uh That's cool. Yeah. One of the things that we do for Daimler is that we not only test new products, but we provide them with feedback and suggestions on how to improve them, uh, how to make things better, uh, how to get more data from them so that we can manage our business better. And when you're an employee-owned company, uh, you want to be able to do the best you can to run uh, a tight operation father, for all of its all of our employees so again thanks to all of you for what you do for us each
2: day so in our conversation last week uh with with roger he kind of uh gave us a little bit of a peek into what's coming uh right now with with new freightliner equipment and i think the uh astute listener probably caught uh, a hint or two there that uh of what is coming next for NewsBomb here, uh, so Brent, would you mind going into what we can kind of expect with uh, the future of NewsBomb equipment here?
0: Sure. Well, we continue to to spec the most fuel efficient and the highest content trucks that make sense for our operation. And uh, we, uh, as many of you know, we we operate a uh, the Cascadia with a again a high content interior. Some of you have. Uh, driver lounges in your trucks and and we've gotten a lot of really positive feedback on those as far as from an efficiency standpoint we uh, we use a uh, the dd15 detroit engine with a dt12 automated manual direct drive transmission and we operate a six as a six by two fleet meaning the front axle is the only axle that is pulling and the rear axle is what we call a, a dead axle. Uh, and the reason being is it's it's kind of like driving a four-wheel drive car down the road. If your um, engine is, is having to power uh, both of your axles, all four wheels, uh, it's going to cause you a little bit more fuel consumption than it will be if you're just driving down the road with a two-wheel drive car. And that has been uh, our spec for the last... Um, We started that in 2010, and we've continued to build on it. And what is happening is is that engines uh, used to be, it was all about horsepower. How much horsepower can I have? And it wasn't so much about torque. And in order to get better fuel mileage these days, manufacturers have started downspeeding their engines. And when I say that, it means that what they're doing now is they're they're decreasing the horsepower, and they're increasing the torque, and they're changing the rear ends to be able to do that with. So we've, we've always bought a 6x2 a two with 228 rears, and uh, while Dahmer still is doing 6x2s with 228 rears, they are putting their investment in the future into a 6x4 uh, this year with 216 rears, and next year they're claiming that they're going to go to 208 rears. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what that will mean is a better fuel mileage with more torque and less horsepower. Uh, I tell people kiddingly that at some point in time, uh, these trucks are going to be idling down the highway at 55 mile an hour. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, they'll, be, they're, they'll be operating almost on a whisper. But that's what they're doing to get good fuel mileage. And if you bear with me here, a 6x2 with 228 rears compared to a 6x4 with 216 rears is almost the exact same fuel mileage. So why would Nussbaum continue to run 6x2s? Well, there is is a couple reasons. Um, If you're running in light applications down the highway... And you're running, say, real light one way and you want to pick up an axle, well, the only way you're gonna do that is with a six by two. Mm-hmm. But we're starting to look ahead and going, okay, well, where is where is Daimler, where is the industry going to focus their time and energy? It's not on six by twos, although six by twos will still be available for those that want them. What they're focusing on is six by fours. And in a 6x4, again, they're at 2.16s right now, and they're going to 2.08s next year. And the big change next year is going to be they're going to have, they're coming out with what they call a disconnectable axle. So the disconnectable axle will act like a 6x4 when you need it and a 6x2 when you're out on the running down the highway and you don't need it. So it's kind of like running in two-wheel drive, when you need it, or jumping into to four-wheel drive when you need it. So all that being said, Nussbaum has ordered 100 trucks this year, and surprise to everyone, <laughs> uh, we ordered all six-by-fours. And before you fall out of your truck wondering what in the world were we thinking, um, I just want to tell you that we're preparing for the future. Uh, when we look at our the applications, that we uh, haul freight in. We think that that 6 by 4 with a down engine is going to produce the best fuel mileage for us. So there's probably, uh, this is going to cause quite a stir, um, <laughs> but I hope that you all feel that it's a good decision. I think, uh, I don't think I'll, I'll get probably any complaints and um, and there might be some excitement building behind it. Yeah, I, I, I know that You know, we've always dealt with uh,
2: the feedback, uh, maybe call it disdain, towards a six by two uh, at points, and particularly as it pertains to winter driving. Uh, That seems to be the biggest point of contention there, right? So I I think that with this, we are uh, addressing uh, a driver preference. Mm-hmm. uh, to a six by four configuration. Uh, so, uh, hopefully, you know, this will be a good benefit for them. Okay. Not, not just from the, 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 bottom line standpoint financially, how this benefits the company and, you know, can then benefit them financially. But then, you know, when they are in the situations where they could really use that six by four, uh, setup, they've got it available to them.
0: Yes. Yeah. We're, I mean, the one thing, um, one other, outside of fuel is that's been a real positive for us is with six by twos has been, uh, we've hardly had any jackknives with a six by two. They Mm -hmm. just, um, they have been very, very safe going down the road. There, there has been an occasional one when somebody, and it typically happens when somebody gets on top of bridge and they're pouring the, pouring the coals to it when there's ice on it. Um, but, by and large, with six by two, with a six by two fleet, we've had very very few jackknifes, and we're hoping that that won't change. Yeah, and
2: there's some science behind that as far as to why that why that is the case. Having those that dead axle right. behind the drive, you know, without going into detail on the why and how that works. Uh, obviously, this year we're working with a full six by four, you know, full time six by four, whereas next year we're talking the detachable or disconnectable, uh, that hopefully going down the road, they'll be in that six-by-two scenario, perhaps getting the same benefit that we've had already.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to make sure that we we finished our conversation with, okay, well, there's 100 of them this year, so what's going to happen next year? Mm -hmm. Well, and I want to comment about this. You know, obviously... We're always looking to our vendors in the industry to come up with the best solutions for us, and we're trying to determine what is best for Nussbaum as a fleet. But right now, we believe the direction, the best direction for us to go is to move to that 6x4. Again, this year, and we just, the new trucks that are coming, we've got some that are coming very quickly here now that are 2020s, and they will have the 6x4 with 216 rears. Uh, there's nothing unique about that. They'll drive it as if they did any other way, and you've got two axles back there pulling rather than one axle. The idea behind that is next year we'll either go into a, another, again, another group of 6 by 4s with two sixteens, but the hope is is that Daimler is going to come out with well, their 208s rears, then. and that new disconnectable axle... Um, they are running some of those in, in test now, um, and whether they introduce it or not, we'll know later on this year, but it, to me it could be pretty exciting if, you know, you went to pick up a trailer uh, somewhere and you needed, um, you know, you're in snow or ice and you needed that extra axle pulling, uh, that you'd have it as a 6 by 4 but once you got out on the highway, uh, now it can, you know, it gets up to a certain speed, it can become a a six by two, uh, automatically. Yeah. So it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. So now backtrack
2: just a little bit, the new technology that you talked about with the, the lane keep and all of that, all that level two, uh, technology that you talked about earlier. Can we be expecting that in our equipment at some point as well?
0: Yes. Uh, right now the, uh, Daimler says that they're going to bring that out in July of this year. Uh, We don't know if we're going to see that in the last half of our trucks or not. They are completely, their orders are completely sold out this year, but because we've ordered uh, in good time last year, all of our orders are going to start. uh, Actually, we'll we'll get the first trucks in, I think, in the next week or two. They're scheduled, and then uh, they will schedule them through, I think, August or September. So we'll see whether all of that comes then or whether we have to wait for the 2021 versions yeah. to come out in uh, January, February of 2020. I, I just want to mention um, uh, Daimler has a, um, a goal of every two years of improving fuel economy by 5%. So there were the, some things that were brought up Uh, In regard to that, um, the slope on their hood is just slightly changed. The tow hooks on the front of the truck on the grill, are filled in, uh, so there's no holes in there where where air can pass through. Their mirrors are just slightly, you know, a little bit more aerodynamic. On the A-pillars on the outside, there's kind of a scoop uh, that is actually going to channel the air past the windows better Hmm. on the truck. One of the neat things that's going to happen with that truck is when that truck reaches 55 mile an hour going down the highway, the whole chassis is going to uh, is going to drop by an inch, <laughs> um, and uh, when it uh, gets down, uh, I think below 35 mile an hour, it'll return to the uh, the height that it was again. Neat. So, they've got some different things, but they they claim that they have achieved. That next 5%, uh, we'll see that. Who knows? Maybe one of these days we'll be buzzing down the road at 15 miles a gallon.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> I think our our next goal here is to get to where we're averaging, I say next goal, uh, next big goal milestone will be 10 miles a gallon as a fleet. Yeah. We're not there yet, but inching our way there. So may not be a huge improvement this year with the with the move to the 6x4. Uh, it's kind of a wash, at least on the uh, powertrain setup there, but... Um, maybe with some of these other little changes but
0: coming. It shouldn't be any worse than what they're getting. Right. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I guess we, we have lots we'll, of data. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll find we'll out. We'll report. <laughs> we'll report, yeah. We, you know, and for a few of you that uh, may wonder, we, we are already running a few 6x4s in the fleet on particular operations. I don't think we've got any more than 8 or 10 of them, mm-hmm. but we do have a few 6x4s already in the fleet, so we've got some data already from mm-hmm. from those trucks yeah. um, to so it isn't just a blind uh, let's make this decision because that's what they said type of thing uh, we've We've had the ability to look at our other uh, equipment and say you know we can verify that based on our our current results well it's a exciting times to uh,
2: come in here and some neat things uh, coming from uh, daimler uh, so, so a couple. Quick side questions for you from uh, being at the Consumer electronics Show <laughs> any cool gadgets or anything oh, there man. that you, you
0: you wish you could have brought home with you? Oh yeah, there was all kinds of cool gadget, gadgetry <laughs> the artificial intelligence was was pretty incredible i was uh, as I was walking through the show, and I actually needed about two more days to to get through everything that was there it 's just the uh, convention center there where the show was is just massive, and there 's so much stuff but um the automation of what's what's coming in major cities with with um electric vehicles that you know let's say you want to um you want to leave your home and you decide you don't want to drive today and you want to work on your way to work so you can call and order this car and it shows up and it's kind of a a little electric cube and Uh um uh, when you get there, it recognizes you and welcomes you into it, and you step into it, and you sit down, and you pull up a um, kind of a laptop, if you will, and you can start working right on it. Yeah. And uh, and let's say they, they gave an example. There was a girl that walked into one of them, and she was an architect, and she was sitting down working on her screen, and, and she said, well, I just need to see that in bigger. So she hits a button, and all of a sudden, uh, on the side of the windows of this little cube she was riding Uh in, uh, it, it, uh, projected up on this, (laughs) on this, on this glass and she gets up and she's walking back and forth and, you know, making changes and, and whatnot. And, uh, and then it got to where she was going and it, you know, told her to have a good day. And then, uh, made you wonder when flying cars were going to come. But
2: well, I, you know, I was going to say, I wonder, you know, maybe we should have been asking Roger this, but, you know, can you imagine a day when you're talking to your truck and saying, hey, Alexa,
0: or, well, or, or hey, Google? Funny that you said that, because uh, in the Mercedes booth, everybody was wearing a a t T-shirt that said, hey, Mercedes, on it. <laughs> so you're going down the road in their cars, and you go, hey, Mercedes, and it says, what can I do for you? and uh you say, "I want to know where the best uh Korean restaurant is within a quarter mile that's five star and is open at this time and and just like that, it fires back and it gives you a suggestion, and you can ask it anything um and it it may have systems in it that'll say um, your car you know your car is now needing service it will give sure. you a uh, oh, and you could say my car is doing such and such. Uh, what do I do? And it'll say, based on the information you gave me, it sounds like it could be this, and you need to schedule this in yeah. to do this. And then, um, you
2: know, hey, set my uh, cabin
0: temperature to seventy oh, degrees. Totally. You know, uh,
2: that's you know, ch- change the radio station to whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, I one of the neatest things that I saw. Uh, well, there was so many neat things, but <laughs> we were walking by this uh, company, and i 'd never recognized it before, but they built robots mm-hmm. and uh, they had a robot uh, that looked like an like a giant ant standing at the end of a ping pong table <laughs> and and literally it had a ping pong paddle in its yeah. hand, and there was a guy sitting there playing ping pong with it, and he was hitting some pretty tough shots right. at this thing, and it was returning returning the balls to him i 've seen some video of that thing, and it is. Yeah. Ridiculous. Incredible. It's amazing. Lots of drones. Um, Another cool feature was people like Bosch and Continental are building these systems to where uh, along, in a city, along a street, uh, every so often there would be a kind of a street lamp. And that street lamp would be feeding data back to uh, cars that were traveling in that area. So let's say that you wanted to go downtown and and you were looking for a parking space. Oh, and uh, uh, you know you could tell the system this is where I'm going. And as you're Mm -hmm. driving, that system is telling you there is a parking space at this particular area uh, and it's open.
2: So so now you can get navigation directly to a parking spot. Right. That
0: that's and and it'll park slick, and your car will park itself. (laughs) Of course. Um and and there was just, just incredible, yeah. incredible stuff well,
2: I, there. I know CES is, is the mecca of all things tech and well, can, new and coming to market. I can certainly and,
0: understand why.
2: <laughs> but, well, Brent, uh, I think we can wrap that up. And uh, I want to just say thanks again for uh, sharing all this uh, new stuff coming and, and uh, appreciate your time.
0: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to be here. And uh, we'll continue to keep you informed as, as things roll out. But uh, thanks for being an audience. Thanks, Brett. Yep. You're welcome.
1: You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is a recognized leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's dedicated and truckload services, visit Nussbaum.com. Drivers can expect different when driving for Nussbaum. Top pay, weekly guarantees, and excellent equipment are just the beginning. At Nussbaum, you're not just an employee, you're an employee owner. Find out more about driving for Nussbaum at NussbaumJobs.com and hit apply now. Drive with purpose. Drive with Nussbaum. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. With new episodes arriving every Tuesday, don't let FOMO get the best of you. Subscribe to our show anywhere you listen to podcasts to get every exchange as soon as it's released. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, TerminalExchange.org.